You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. everyone and welcome to the Voice of Charity. This is Marie Jokum and I am here again today with my colleague Bridget Murphy filling in for Michael Bear. Hello Bridget. Good morning Marie. We continue to think about and pray for and act upon everyone whose lives have been affected by the COVID-19 virus. We are so grateful just before um, this show began, Bridget and I were naming some of the things we are grateful for, Gratitude Corner, if you will. And so we want to thank all of those who are um, health workers, who's selflessly caring for patients, and all of our Catholic Charities staff um, and volunteers who are out there working every day. Yesterday, I was at one of our senior centers um, helping staff pass out warm meals to our seniors and just seeing the love and concern for our staff who are on the front line every day is just really gratifying and reminds us that everything is going to be okay and that there's a lot of people doing a lot of wonderful things. So that's my gratitude for the morning. Yeah, I love it. And I'm not to put you on the spot. I'm grateful for Marie. It's a rainy day, guys, and we all have to find our sunshine. So let's all spend some time this morning, whether it's a person or a plant (laughs) Or a song on the radio or a prayer. We all have to find our sunshine this morning. And there's there's plenty out there if we look around. Amen. um, Amen. Speaking of sunshine today. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So much sunshine. So on the phone with us this morning is Father Charles T. Ruby. And Father Ruby is the founder and director for 41 years now of Catholic Charities Loss Program, which helps people who have survived the suicide of a loved one. Under Father Ruby's direction, loss has helped thousands of family members and friends of people who've died from suicide. Loss is recognized nationwide and even internationally as an effective, comprehensive program that helps people in all stages of the grieving process so they can acknowledge the pain, celebrate the life of the person who's died, and continue forward as much as they can with peace and hope. Father Ruby is truly a hero and a mentor to so many people at Catholic Charities, including Marie and myself, Mm -hmm. and we are really honored to have this discussion with him this morning. Welcome, Father Ruby. Thank you very much. It's my honor to be here, Uh, Bridget and Marie. It's it's been a wonderful journey for me to uh, these 41 years working with the Lost Program. Um, And maybe I'll just give you a little history of how we started. Um, uh, three couples had met at uh, a, uh, an organization called Compassionate Friends, 
which is an international grief support group for parents who have lost a child. And um, these three couples each had lost a child to suicide, and they formed a natural bond, so they really they bonded together. And they felt that while Compassionate Friends was helping them grieve the loss of their child, uh, their grief was a little different from other parents who had lost a child to SIDS or uh, cancer or drowning or whatever, sure. other forms of death. Um, and they felt that there were some other issues that they had to grapple with. Um, and so they approached uh, one of the couples, had a sister working here at the Catholic Charities, and um, so they... They approached us, and uh, I was director of our mental health program at the time, and so Bishop Conway asked me if I would meet with these three couples, and I did. Uh, and they, and then we began meeting at this one couple's home up at Hoffman Estate, and began publicizing uh, the program to the New World and, and other uh, forms of communication. And we also... Um, and almost a year later, we began a meeting on the south side. So we had these two meetings going, and it was just anyone could come. You know, we, we through the publication, people would call, and we began keeping their names, phone numbers, and so forth. Um, and we began a mailing list. Uh, and I would, uh, I in the early days, I would send out a letter uh, with an article on suicide, uh, and informing people that the meetings would be at 7 o'clock at this location on the north side and this location on the south side. And that became uh, that became a, a standard way of, of communicating with the people. And uh, one of my one of my dreams would all, was always to uh, hire at some point to hire a survivor. Um, and about, I suppose it was about 10 years after the group started that, uh, Trace Gump, who, uh, was participating in the, in the Southside meeting, she was a, a, a school teacher, grammar school teacher of parochial schools here in the Archdiocese. And, uh, so I approached her, asked her if she'd ever think of coming to work at the Catholic Charities, because at that point they said I could hire someone. So... I hired her, and she became the voice. Uh, and she, you know, people would call her uh, who are grieving the loss of a loved one, a suicide, and she could, I, I could never say this, but she could say, I know what you're going to because I I lost my son to suicide. And I could never say that because I've sure. never lost a loved one. That's, I, I think that's a really powerful thing to be able to connect with folks. I know you do that so well. We're going to head into our first break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about um, some of the ways that the response that the social work community has changed to survivors of suicide, as well as the church's response. We'll be back uh, in just a minute with the Voice of Charity with Father Ruby.
Where do you go when you realize that you or someone you love needs assistance at home? Where can you turn and know you will get sound advice that you can trust? Catholic Charities Home to Stay program offers competent help and peace of mind to seniors and to their family members. Our thoroughly trained professional caregivers provide companionship, assistance with seniors' basic needs, and help with light housework, all in the comfort of a senior's own home. Schedules can be flexible, so seniors receive only the help that they need and want. Most of all, Catholic Charities has the name and reputation you can count on, with more than 100 years of experience helping people at transitions in their lives. To learn more, call 312-655-7415. That's 312-655-7415. Make the most of each day with Home to Stay. Have you checked out Chicago Catholic lately? Either in print or online, Chicago Catholic has informative and stimulating content, including news from the Archdiocese, beautiful photographs, and a thoughtful column by our publisher, Cardinal Blaise Supich. Editor Joyce DeRiga tells us about our current edition of Chicago Catholic. We cover all the latest guidelines and directives from the Archdiocese in regards to COVID-19. St. Barnabas School in Beverly raises funds for pediatric cancer research in honor of an alum who lost his life to the disease. And we have a feature on hospital chaplains and how they bring comfort to the sick and their families. Subscribe now. Go to chicagocatholic.com or call 312-534-7777. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Chicago Catholic, a fresh approach to Catholic news. Are you cleaning out your closets this winter? If so, Catholic Charities would be grateful to accept any gently used clothing donations that you have. Winter coats, boots, sweaters, pants, hats and gloves in all sizes are always appreciated at this time of year in our community clothing room. Also needed on an ongoing basis are new underwear and socks for guests who come to use the shower facilities in our Pope Francis Ministries. And all types of professional clothing for men and women are most welcome in our Mary's Closet wardrobe. The special collection of dressier clothes is offered to our clients who are preparing for job interviews. Drop-offs can be made at 721 North LaSalle Street or at any of our regional locations. For more information, call 312-655-7700. That's 312-655-7700. Thank you from everyone at Catholic Charities. Good morning and welcome back to The Voice of Charity. This is Marie Jochum here with Bridget Murphy and we are talking with Father Ruby about the loss program um, and outreach to survivors of suicide. Father Ruby, not only are you a priest, you're also a social worker, which I'm telling our listeners, you already know those things about yourself. Um, (laughs) And you have, you know, a lot of other social workers helping you now, how it's grown from the beginnings. Would you share with us a little bit about what are the various programs and support that LOSS provides for folks who may be able to benefit from, from hearing what it is that you all um, offer to the community? Well, we, we, uh, we've grown from, we now have somewhere around 15 or 16 meetings around the, the Chicagoland area. Uh, we're in the Gary Diocese. We are uh, in the Joliet Diocese. There's three meetings there, and we are in Rockford um, uh, with one meeting up in the Rockford Diocese. Uh, and the, the groups are structured. Uh, the leadership of the uh, of the groups. There are usually one or two facilitators who themselves are survivors, 
uh, and they have gone through some special training, group training, group dynamics, and so forth under the leadership of Lorraine Bodner. And they're also at every meeting there is a uh, a master level licensed clinician mm-hmm. uh, who is there to provide uh, some technical information regarding mental illness, suicide, and so forth. Um, and uh, so the, the meetings are, what we do with the meetings, we provide a safe environment in which people can grieve the loss of a loved one from suicide. Um, and, and that's the important thing. Suicide is a different form of death. Um, people who die, who lose a loved one to cancer or heart disease or diabetes, they know why their loved one died. Uh, but with suicide, uh, it's not that apparent. Uh, there's a lot of people walking around uh, in our society who suffer from mental illness, bipolar disorder, depression, chronic depression, whatever it is. And the, the survivors ask, you know, why was it my loved one and not this other person? Uh, why does my loved one die? That's a real critical question because it's really not, you know, there's no answer to it. Um, and there's a lot of misconceptions out there about suicide. For example, a lot of people think it's a cowardly act, it's a selfish act. It's neither one of those. It's an act of desperation. It is a, a very clear statement that I can no longer handle the, the pain in my life, and this is the only way to end it, is to take my life. And so survivors are uh, have to struggle with that. Uh, they blame themselves. Um, and, you know, one of the questions we all, I always ask is, did the, your loved one leave a note? And most of most uh, people who complete suicide do not leave notes. And the notes that I've read over these years, thousands of them, uh, they never answer uh, why uh, the person is taking their life. It, it really exonerates family members or spouses or whatever. Um, don't blame yourself. Uh, you'll be better off without me. Um, and I, I maintain this, that if a person who completes suicide, if they had an inkling of the pain that their love, that their suicide is going to cause their loved one, they never would have done it. This is not, this is not a retribution, an act of retribution. This is an act of desperation. Uh, and people, survivors, come to grips with that. It's a long, long journey that they're on, but they do uh, come to grips with um learning to live and, and to enjoy happiness, to enjoy um, uh, success, uh, to enjoy, enjoy pleasure. Uh, but it's a long journey, and they're never going to get over this. Uh, our goal is to help them learn to live with it. Mm-hmm. That is the goal of law. Got it. Um, Father and, Ruby, can I interrupt yeah. just for a second? Because uh, this course, is Bridget. Yeah. I think you said something really Important and for for people listening who um, you know know people who may have been through this, you know the attitudes and the language have really evolved around um, death by suicide, and that's one of the first things I learned is the language that is we we try not to say someone committed suicide; we say they they died by suicide because. Yeah. It it isn't a rational, or you'll you'll say this better than I will. It's it's not a rational choice that someone has made. It might be rational in terms of the pain they're feeling, um, yeah. but can you talk a little bit about that language and and then 
also how the church's attitudes toward suicide and, and just our general um, public attitudes have changed? Sure, of course. Um, yeah, the language is very important, you know, to, so say, not to commit suicide because, you know, people commit a crime or they commit a sin. It's neither one of those. So they died from suicide or died by suicide. And it's very important to use that kind of language. Um, and, uh, you know, years ago, and this goes, this is many, many, many years ago, the church had a very uh, malignant attitude towards suicide. They refused uh, to have a massive Christian burial. It, you could not, if you took your life, you could not be buried in consecrated grounds in the cemetery. The church has really changed all of that. Unfortunately, uh, I've been met with a number, a number of instances that I should never have, should never have encountered, where people have gone to their parish priest to ask for prayers for their loved one, or uh, for the family, for themselves, just during this critical time of their lives. And one of the first words out of the priest's mouth was, "Well, you know, your loved one is in hell." Um, and that's a, that's an awful statement. Number one, it's not true. Uh, my my belief is God God judges us negatively when we act out of malice. People who complete suicide are not acting out of malice; they're acting out of their own desperation. And so, to tell someone that their loved one is in hell is erroneous. And this is certainly, obviously, very very upsetting. Sure. Um, a, a few weeks ago, I had a, a, a conversation on the phone, phone conversation with this lady whose sister had taken her life. And um, she was afraid to call, uh, to make arrangements for the funeral. She was uh, reluctant to call the, the parish. Her sister lived outside the diocese, and she, uh, but she was afraid to call the priest or the pastor for fear of what his reaction was going to be. And I volunteered. I said, well, I'll call him if you'd like. Uh, and uh, I said, or your pastor could call him if you'd like, uh, so that you would be off the hook. And um, so we had a long conversation. She told me about her sister and her sister's family and so forth. And I got an email later on that same day uh, from this woman, uh, and she said uh, she, had, she herself had called the parish and talked to the pastor to make the funeral arrangements for her sister, and she said the pastor could not have been nicer. He was very pastoral, very empathic, and he welcomed the whole. So this was one thing, but I thought that's the impression people have. They're afraid to call their priest. Yes. And, and uh, so what I've, I've been trying for the last probably 15 or 20 years to get up to the seminary to, uh, to give a talk on mental illness and suicide, and uh, the people I've talked to, the presidents of the the seminary said, oh, it's a good idea, I'll get back to it. I've never heard from any of them. But now we're, I'm slated to, uh, along with Emily and Father Larry Seld, we're going to speak to uh, the people who are about to be ordained priests. And Amazing. Give them, uh, an idea. And then I got another call up to the seminary from, to, to address the whole seminary um, family, the, the faculty as well as the student body. Father Ruby, I'm going to have to interrupt you because we need to go to break. We could talk to you for 17 hours, but I think you are highlighting the intense importance of the work you do and of you as a priest and a social worker, and we are so grateful. We're going to take a very quick break, and we'll be back with Father Ruby.
Are you an attorney who's retired or semi-retired from your practice? Catholic Charities welcomes your expertise. Whether it's a dispute with a landlord, a concern about possibly being the victim of a scam, or an issue regarding family law, clients can feel alone in the complex legal system, especially if they are unable to afford an attorney. Our volunteer attorneys answer our legal advice line, offer one-hour consultations, and conduct legal seminars. They're dedicated to informing and empowering low-income individuals as they navigate civil law issues affecting their lives. Come in when your schedule permits and share your knowledge with grateful clients. To learn more about this rewarding volunteer program, please call 312-948-6821. That's 312-948-6821. Thank you for considering Catholic Charities Legal Assistance Team. Celebrate St. Patrick's Day while giving kids the tools they need to build brighter futures. Hi, I'm Mark Schmelzer from Mercy Home for Boys and Girls. Support Mercy Home's March for Kids this month. You can provide kids in crisis with a safe home, healing from trauma, life skills, good education, and career development that will help them become successful, independent adults. Donate today at mercyhome.org slash marchforkids. Any gift made throughout the month of March will be matched by a generous donor, so your support goes twice as far to help kids when you give through Mercy Home's March for Kids. Donate today or learn more about other ways that you can play a part at mercyhome.org slash marchforkids. Thank you for your support. This Lent, you are invited to participate in CRS Rice Bowl, the Catholic Relief Service's Lenten Faith in Action program. CRS Rice Bowl provides the opportunity to live out the Lenten practices of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, while lifting up the stories of our brothers and sisters overseas. 75% of funds raised through your generous donations will support CRS programs around the world, while the remaining 25% will fund Rice Bowl grants for local programs here in the Archdiocese of Chicago. To learn more about current Rice Bowl grantees and to access CRS Rice Bowl resources such as stories of hope, videos, and meatless meal recipes, visit archchicago.org CRS. Welcome back, everyone. This is Bridget Murphy and Marie Jokum, and we are talking with Father Ruby from Catholic Charities, who runs our loss program for survivors of uh, suicide. Father Ruby, we're going to get back to you in just a second. I have some important um, business to take care of, and then we'll circle back to you. So two things. We don't want to run out of time. Um, if anyone on the phone has concerns about someone they know and love who they think might be depressed, having suicidal thoughts, we want to give you the loss number and the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. So the loss number is 312-655-7283. That's 312-655-7283. There is also a National Suicide Prevention Hotline, and that is 800 800- Two seven three eight two five five eight hundred two seven three eight two five five, and also uh, loss has a regular event in April, a fundraiser that is a brunch, um, blossoms of hope, which is a lovely, lovely name, and typically. We have about 900 people gathered together, many of whom have helped each other through this most extraordinary trial and circumstance of losing someone 
to death by suicide. So it's really an important, important event that obviously this year is going to be very different uh, given the pandemic. So we are going to gather digitally, um, and we hope you'll save the morning of Sunday, April 26th to join us. More information will be coming on our website. Many of you will be getting an email. Um, check back with us, but we will have speakers. We will have tributes to loved ones. We will try to have as much of the elements of the event that make people come and share and be a tremendous support to one another. Um, so that is Sunday, April 26th. So. Father Ruby, in the last, first off, we would like to have you back, if possible. We know this topic and your stories and your history and your knowledge could go on for another two hours, and we'd love to have that happen. Um, you know, in the last two minutes here, I'm wondering if you might share a story with us that sort of stands out about someone finding help and hope and healing through loss and through all of your work with them. Yeah, Sure. As I mentioned uh, earlier, you know, suicide is a different form of death. Uh, the aftermath of suicide is tremendous guilt. Uh, what the, the survivors are asking about, what did I do or not do that caused this? Um, there, is, uh, there is this this feeling of shame or embarrassment. And that's one of the questions I always ask. Is, are you ashamed or embarrassed how your loved one died? And sometimes they say, yeah. Other times say no, no. Um, but I, that's why I say suicide is a different form of death. You don't have guilt or shame or embarrassment if a person dies of cancer or diabetes or any of these other uh, lethal uh, illnesses. Um, and uh, so I, I think we think of the positive. I remember hearing this made the international news. It happened out of the diocese, our diocese of Detroit, but it said we lost their son to suicide. And um, they went to the church, the pastor, to, uh, to make arrangements for the funeral. They said, you know, we don't want to emphasize how our son died. We wanted, he was 19 years old. He was a good boy. He did a lot of good in the world in his, young, in his uh, few years that he was on this earth. So we don't want to emphasize how he died. We want to emphasize that he lived and he was a good person. And so the, they made the arrangements, and uh, during the homily, the priest, emphasize two or three different times, you know, we've got to pray for the mercy of God, that, that God was able to welcome him and forgive him for this awful thing he did, went on and on and on. And finally, halfway through the homily, the father had to go up to the pulpit and say, Father, please stop. Please stop. You're, you're ruining the whole thing. And uh, uh, it, it really, it made the international news. I got calls from the Washington Post and a few other uh, news organizations trying to get the church's opinion on suicide so that's you know it's a different form of death but what we do is we we encourage people the loss program works and i i don't exactly know what all the dynamics are but it works because i've heard thousands of people say loss saved my life mm -hmm. uh, they were able to be with other people who know their pain yes walk in their shoes and there's a great sense of comfort and hope
food pantries, home-delivered meals to seniors, evening-to-go meals for the homeless, financial assistance, counseling, and other services. These are all programs Catholic Charities has been providing for years to people in Cook and Lake Counties. And during the COVID-19 pandemic, we have worked to keep all of these programs going, never turning anyone away. The needs are urgent and they will grow, but we want you to know that we will be here, as we always have been, with food, housing, financial assistance, and ongoing support. Thank you to the many, many donors and partners helping us serve those most in need. We couldn't do it without you. Would you consider joining us too at this historic time? Go to catholiccharities.net to donate and to learn more about our volunteer opportunities. Thank you on behalf of all those we have the privilege to serve. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here. Welcome back to The Voice of Charity. Annie, we want to turn to you for a moment. Um, the annual loss event is happening on Sunday, April 26th. And obviously, in light of the pandemic, we are doing it a bit differently this year. But it's so important. Um, Father Ruby's talked about how unique and traumatic this particular experience is of losing someone to death by suicide. It's so important to bring these people together who have that shared experience. So can you tell us a little bit about what's planned for April 26th? Yes. Um, we've been doing this event for 29 years now as a fundraiser for loss. And as you mentioned, this is the first time we're doing it virtually. We're evolving with the times. <laughs> um, so on April 26th, we'll be having a live webcast for anybody to access, everybody to access free from home. And it'll feature Father Ruby, and our 2020 Charles T. Ruby Award winner, Dr. Jack Jordan, who's an acclaimed psychologist and author, and will really have some inspiring things to say to our survivors and their loved ones and friends. Uh, we'll also be having an online auction, a grand raffle with some really great prizes, and an online donation appeal to support the loss program, which is funded 100% by private donations. Great. And I know one of the things, um, I have not been to this event, but I've I've heard that in person it's a packed group and there's, you know, the hugging and connecting and all the things we all wish we could do um, during this pandemic that isn't healthy for us to do anymore. Um, how, how will we go about trying to create that sense of connectivity? We have a great, you know, opportunity to do this online um, and involve so many people in the lost community, which is now, you know, a national community and even an international community. So something that we can't do at the in-person event is bring all those people together on this day online. Uh, we're taking photos of people's loved ones. We're learning about their stories. We're learning about the stories of survivors who, like Father Ruby said, no longer remember their loved one in the way that they died, but in the way that, you know, the, they touched their lives. And they're also celebrating this day as a moment in their own journey of hope and strength. So we're able to do that interactively online, people submitting things to share with the community, people chatting on that day and participating all to support the LOST program. That sounds wonderful. I mean, there are 
plenty of upsides to doing it remotely, as you say, although we'll we'll miss being together. Um, Annie, you've been involved with this event for a long time, and I can hear in your response how much it means to you. What makes it, you know, you have to handle a million logistics and, you know, you really make the event happen. But what makes this particular event special for you? Well, something, you know, just that we're talking about that the people who have been so helped by this program, whose lives were saved by this program, are the ones who are coming to support it, to be a part of it, um, and to really be the event itself. You know, it wouldn't be what it is without the, you know, the hopefulness and the strength of their survivors coming along the way in their grief journey and saying, you know, I'm here to celebrate my own life and the life of my loved one, and I'm not going to hide in the darkness and keep this to myself anymore. Um, that's something really unique that, you know, it's, it makes it not just another fundraising event. It's really um, a community builder and a, a personal moment of hope for everybody there. I'm speechless. I mean, that's it, that's just beautiful to be able to come out of the darkness together and know that there are so many people around you who are here to support and remember your loved one. Um, you mentioned Dr. Jack Jordan. So, Father Ruby, we should mention the all the medical and um, clinical specialists you have as part of the um, loss team. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, we've been fortunate to have people like Dr. Jack Jordan uh, uh, to come and speak uh, to to our to the group or uh, the lost family. Um, People like David Clark, Dr. David Clark, uh, who's a clinical psychologist. He was at Rush Presbyterian St. Luke's. Uh, these, there are people who are, who are so skilled in mental illness, and they can shed light on, uh, for survivors on, uh, on what it means to, uh, to lose someone to suicide. These are people specially skilled in the field of suicide. When I first started, I had no idea what suicidology, there's a whole uh, there's a whole uh, group of people who do nothing but study suicide at different aspects, doing research, crisis centers, survivors, and so forth. And when I first started, survivors were kind of tolerated, but now it's an important part of the American Association of Suicidology. And these are people uh, from around the country, around the world, actually, who make their life study suicide. Uh, and you know, I, I, what, what we need in, in this whole field, we need a Dr. Jane, Jonas Salk who uh, eradicated polio. We need a Jonas Salk in the field of suicide somehow to eradicate uh, the incidence of suicide. And they're on the rise. And we're wondering now with the pandemic that we're experiencing, is the rate of suicide going to increase? And there's all indications that it probably might or probably will increase because of the seriousness of this pandemic. Right. So uh, these are people from around the world, especially in this country, who have put their life's work studying the field of suicide. Yes, and we're so lucky to have them and to have you. Um, in closing, we obviously this is a very serious subject. If any of our listeners are concerned about someone who may have suicidal suicidal thoughts, Please call LOSS at 312-655-7283.
or the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 800-273-8255. You know, as we've talked about in, in two shows now, there is clinical, spiritual, and social support out there for people. You are not alone. Father Ruby, we want to thank you and your loss team, including Annie, and everyone in the loss community are just very inspiring people helping everyone get through something that no one should have to experience. But there is hope and help out there. We wish you and Annie every success with the event, and we look forward to talking with our listeners next week. Thanks much. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Bridget. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.